oh, oh, it's time to go Back to the dungeon far below Players arrive in time to die Man, I love to watch them cry Grab some dice, grab some fun Join the teachers in the dungeon Hello, everybody, and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross with Dan Ream. Hello. Hello, everybody. And we are kind of getting ready for and excited about the Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out at the end of this month. It is coming up. Honor Among Thieves. I know we did a show where we reacted to the first trailer, but there have been some other trailers come out since then. Mm -hmm. We had a second one, and then we had an international trailer. How have these trailers worked for you as far as getting you excited or worried or anything about the movie? <laughs> well, I did mention in last last week's show that I'd heard some commentary from the writers that was... Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think it, it didn't concern me too much. It just perplexed me. I okay. thought they... For writers, they chose their words very poorly. <laughs> so I see. So yes. maybe that's why they aren't live, you know, speakers interviewing, right? Yeah. You know, they need a chance to write everything down. But... I am, am excited for the movie. I think more so given what we're going to talk about here today. Mm -hmm. And I, I won't give away the secret yet. I'll let you discuss what you think about the trailers. But okay. the, honestly, the trailers, I'm, I was relatively excited. Content we're going to look at today, it put that up another level. Ooh, okay, cool. I'm glad to hear that. So I'll share, I'll share my thoughts on what the trailers and everything has been doing as far as my excitement goes. And then we can tell everybody what our topic for the day is. Yeah. Because it does okay. have to do with Honor Among Thieves. It does. So I, I have to say, the trailers have done exactly what they're supposed to do in my mind. And that is to get me excited about the movie. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to be that it's going to be quite a funny movie. The fear in that with the trailer is I hope they haven't given away the best jokes. <laughs> the conversation with the Speak with the Undead is is hilarious. I yes. love the premise of it. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's not the only big joke like that. <laughs> so I I'm going to guess that it's not. I don't I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched a trailer that gave everything away. That seems to be something of the eighties and nineties, I hope. Yeah. But uh, but we'll we'll see. But it has worked for me. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I love the 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 creatures that we've seen, uh, the excitement, the humor aspect to it, and it looks like it's just going to be a cool adventure. It is exciting to think of essentially getting to watch a D and D a D and D playthrough on the screen, right? Not in movie form. You know, as we've said a number, number of times, or at least I've, I've thought a number of times, that one of the ways to describe D&D to people who don't play is it is telling a communal story, but even that sometimes doesn't register. Mm -hmm. So I almost feel like telling people it's like creating a movie script together. Oh, cool. I like that. And so you get to play it out in your mind, mm -hmm. and after the session you get to think about it and replay everything and rearrange things a little bit in more of a movie-like fashion, if that's your desire. So this, right. is, this is that mm -hmm. in reality. My hope is, and this is where I thought you were going to go, and you kind of touched upon it, but my hope is, is that people that don't play Dungeons & Dragons, who are always like, what's your appeal to Dungeons & Dragons, would be able to see this movie and be like, so that's the kind of stuff you guys do in your games? And I can now say, or hopefully be able to now say, that's what's going through in my mind. Yeah. That's how I see 
fighting a dragon. That's how I see, you know, characters interacting. And that's how I picture it, you know, in Dirichlet and, mm-hmm. and, and Borum and, and, and Ricks are all like kind of sparring each other and giving each other a hard time. I see that in this script through the trailers. So I, right. I just hope that it gives, gives people who do play Dungeons and Dragons a platform to say, this is why I love this game. Because yeah. I see the movie of my own story in my head. Well, I figured you're you're pretty pumped for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I am. So I didn't realize this until just recently, but now it has happened that there was a there is a book that goes along with the movie as oh, a wow. prequel. Okay. And so I don't know. I got to thinking this might be a fun thing to give away on Teachers in the Dungeon. Oh, Why not yeah. encourage reading on Teachers in the Dungeon? <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> so I went out and bought the book. And I have the book actually right here in my hands. And we would like to give this away to a listener. So here's how we would like to do this. If you have not been following us on Instagram, you want to go find us on Instagram. And what we're going to do is we'll have this out there, but you can do it just by going there. But we want you to follow Teachers in the Dungeon on Instagram. And then like the post that has this uh, that has this promotion on it, then tag a friend in the comments, and then we will announce the winner of the book the Tuesday before the movie comes out. If I had a calendar in front of me, I could tell you <laughs> what Tuesday is. It's like the 28th, maybe, of uh, March. But we'd really like to get this book into people's hands. And, March 28th uh, is Tuesday. The, the movie comes out. 31st? 31st. 28th, you got So it. We, will, we will announce the winner of the uh, book. And, and the title of the book is the main title, an original prequel to Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, subtitled The Road to Neverwinter. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to give it away. Like I said, catch us on Facebook, find the announcements that, uh, that we put out there for that, and then follow us, tag a friend, and, uh, and like our post. We'll have the directions very specifically on that post if you just go to <laughs> I would say I, I am already a little confused. So yeah, I'm a hot mess here, but just go to Instagram, find the post. Let's yes. just say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, so also this week, D&D Beyond, I guess it was last week, mm-hmm. D&D Beyond released character sheets of the characters that are in the movie. Yes. Uh, Honor Among Thieves. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about those if people haven't seen them, or even if you have, to uh, have you share with us your thoughts on these characters. Because you said this is what kind of got you excited about the movie a little bit more. Yes. They provided just a little more backstory, and then getting to see in a little more detail the attributes, the weapons, the abilities. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple different le- levels when, as I looked at them. I was, I was looking at how they, it was interesting, I'm not quite sure why they did this, but they slightly renamed or reskinned mm-hmm. certain spells, certain abilities, right. and certain weapons. And so looking at that and thinking, oh, that actually is this. And then also thinking, okay, so how is this going to show up in the movie? I think I've seen one or two of these in the trailers. Yeah. Now I'm going to guess what the others are. Yeah. So. so one thing I think is kind of fun that they put in the introduction of the characters they're talking about. They're just it's in the introduction of this on DD Beyond. And they say, if you are unfamiliar with the stat block format, which I appreciate because 
maybe this is going to be someone's introduction to Dungeons and Dragons. Right. You know, so I think that's super cool. Uh, they say, read the introduction of the Monster Manual before proceeding further. That book explains stat block terminology and gives rules for various monster traits, information that isn't repeated here. Yeah. It just made me think how much I take for granted that I live with the game. And, right. uh, and we, the, we... There's the jargon. Yeah, we as D&D players have that common vocabulary that we learn in the books that others don't. And so it kind of made me rethink when people ask me about Dungeons & Dragons, do I get too much in the weeds when I explain things that I like about it? So, yeah. I don't know. They also go on to say, before getting to the stat blocks, some creatures have weapons that deal unusual damage types and spellcasting that functions in an atypical way. This is kind of getting to what you were mentioning. For example, Forge Fitzwilliam deals extra poison damage with his heavy crossbow. This extra damage isn't a feature of that weapon. Such as an exception is a special feature of a stat block and represents how the creature uses its weapon or casts its spells. The exception has no effect on how a weapon or spell functions for a different creature. Giving us, giving us players, a little bit of information that, hey, there are going to be some things you may not recognize. Right. But also painting the picture for the for the non-player. Mm -hmm. So, you want to just go down the list of how they have it presented? Sure. Or did yeah. you write it that way? I did, I did. So we start with Doric, right? Doric, yes. So Tiefling Druid, Circle of the Moon, part of the Emerald Enclave. And the, the backstory they gave was that she was sort of a, she, she is a, a tiefling, but she was adopted into an elven village, I believe. Yes. And so that's that's sort of her story. And I did like the way they, they create these backstories because it is very stereotypical, but I don't mean that in a bad way, stereotypical about how players generally create backstories. Yeah. You know, there's always something a little unique. It's, it's never, yeah, this guy has, you know, or... This person grew up with a loving family and just decided one day, hey, I'm going to adventure. It's never that mm -hmm. easy. There's always a little more to it. Right. And yeah, the call to action for Doric is when the Lord of Neverwinter targeted her woodland home for its resources, Doric rallied to the resistance. Yes. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty typical, Yeah, but a lot of fun. Did anything stand out to you in the stat blocks itself? Just the, that they renamed Hellish Rebuke to Fiery Rebuke. Oh, Okay. But I didn't. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> and, and they made a point of you know that was some of the some of a, a minor kerfuffle was technically a druid shouldn't be able to shape shift into an owl bear, mm -hmm. but they made a point in this block of saying yes she can, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is exactly what you do with D and D rules. You mm -hmm. if there's something that's really cool and everybody at the table is okay with it, then you just bend the rules and then that thing can happen. Right. I was just trying to look here at... Um, I noticed that her, she... So she has a sling as one of her weapons. She also has a shaped claw. Yes. I'm not sure. I, I've not seen that in any of the trailers, nor have... I don't think. No, I would guess... I My guess was that it was something like a scimitar. Okay. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see if I'm right. And then her sling is not a typical, like, handheld sling. It looks like it sits on her wrist. Um, and I'm looking at... So yeah. in, in this, on D&D Beyond, they also have the images... Of the characters, right? And so when I when I zoom in on that, it looks like that she has like that kind of a, almost a wrist rocket. Kind I did of, notice that, yeah, kind of thing. That's cool. All right, so and yeah, next let's move on. And I, I don't know. I think it's Edgen Darvis. Okay. That's probably how you pronounce that. I would guess. Yes. 
the bard. So that's Chris Pine's character. It's interesting because he's, he seems like he's sort of a disgraced bard based on the discussions or the, the <laughs> I description. I get that feeling too, yes. You know, he is a former Harper. He basically has turned away from being... I mean, bards aren't usually lawful good, but they're, they're usually... They, they, they're not usually entirely underhanded, at least. I don't feel like... Particularly if you join the Harpers, you're not right. really supposed to... It, right, exactly. You know, start robbing from people. Don't, and, I always feel like bards, and you do a nice job of playing this with yours, is that they look at the world from a different through a different lens. Hmm. And so things that we might... I, I, there's a lot of times, and I, I'm not the player in the game that you play, uh, Nikistos, but there's a lot of times I'm like, hmm, I think you're trying to, like twist things in a certain way that <laughs> Nikistos would see it, but it's not for, like, subversive reasons. It's just the way a bard sees the world. Yeah. You know, they, they it's not to, no pun intended here, or maybe it is, I don't know, but, you know, they, they march to the beat of a different drummer. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Well, you, <clears throat> so, you didn't have to, but you chose to. That's I did. That's okay. <laughs> so I feel like that's kind of the same way that this character is portrayed. Yes, yes. I know I was kind of tickled by the reinforced loot <laughs> as a weapon. And I got to admit it's it's stretching a point a bit. I mean no no true musician would use their instrument to physically beat somebody with. Right. But they did say reinforced. Yep. Magical instrument of some sort. It does do extra thunder damage I think when it hits somebody. Oh, that's kind of cool. So yeah. I I'm willing again rule of cool willing to go with it. Uh-huh just because it is unique, something I hadn't thought of before. So this came to me looking at his actions. Disorienting words. Is that a language change from something that we already know? I feel like it's it's in the same realm as dissonant whispers. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was the vicious mockery. Because mm, it says... I thought that at first, but it does more damage. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a combination. Mm. And it could be... Uh, um, well, it also reminded me of Shatter in the sense I think it can affect more than one individual, if I remember reading it correctly. So it's, okay. it's probably an amalgam of all three of those things. All right. I was also looking at his um, abilities, and he seems to have... Now, I don't know. I didn't look super, super close. But he seems to have the most level abilities across the board. Oh, the stats? Nothing real high. Yeah, his nothing real high. He has an 18 charisma, but I would expect that, you know, in a in a bard of this level. And we can talk about that in just a minute, but but nothing else is really low or high other than that 18 charisma. Okay. For example, Doric, who we already talked about, she has a 19 wisdom and then she has a 10 charisma. So, she, to, in my eyes, that's a high and a low. Yeah. He doesn't have a he has the 18 high, but no certain low. His lowest is a 14, but that 14 is in three different abilities. Okay. So as a D&D player or as an NPC, I see that as a pretty level yeah. playing field for that yeah. for that character. One other thing, he's they, they, they reskin it, but they do include the inspiration dice concept. Three oh. times a day, he's able to encourage his, his companions to deeds okay. of glory or something like that. I forget how they word it. Okay, cool. And his spells are all social, I noticed. All social? Yeah. None of his spells do damage. They're all, except, I guess the disorienting words do, kind of does, but that's, that I think was in a different part. The, that's Yeah, that's in actions. His spell yes. casting is, so at will, he has friends and message. 
three times a day, charm person and disguise self, and then once a day is suggestion. Yes. So, very to my in my mind, very fitting of for a bard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our next character, which I know this is probably the most notable actor of the I think uh, of the movie, and that's Hugh Grant plays Forge Fitzwilliam. Yeah, I'm it. It gives me encouragement. I, <laughs> I have no idea why I think this, but I, I always get the feeling Hugh Grant is kind of one of those irascible people in real life. And if he doesn't like something, he's not doing it. Right. And so either there was a particularly fat paycheck connected to this, but I have a feeling even that might not tempt someone like this mm-hmm. unless unless the story was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the actors, I would think he's the one that could have looked at the script and said, mm, I'm going to pass. Yeah. So that's cool. That's encouraging. And I just got I was going to say this with Ed. Ed would you say Edgin? I think, think? Ed, it could Edgin. be Edgin, but that doesn't sound as good as Edgin. I don't no. Think so. I, reading these descriptions, I, I can't even begin to tell you how cool it is in my mind. And you know how much I love like the modules of Dungeons and Dragons. Seeing the language of books that I've been reading, you know, for years, Sword Coast and Faerun and mm-hmm. the Harpers and oh, that just makes me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like I'm hope they pl- they go places that we know, like, are they going to go to Waterdeep? And what does Waterdeep look like to in a movie? Yeah. What does Icewind Dale look like? What do the Ten Towns look like? I mean, mm. wow, those scenes are going to really blow me away if they're going to places like that. Or maybe they're going to establish they some new to. towns. They have to. I'm sure they they know their audience. I yeah. think they're going to do that. Oh, I'm pumped for that. So anyway, sorry, back to Forge Fitzwilliam. <laughs> so this seems to be... I don't know. I feel like he's kind of a bad guy, but he's going to be a middleman kind of bad guy. Based on this, he is very a, clearly a rogue. He's a neutral evil. Yes, uh, appears to be a rogue. Audacious criminal has left a trail of broken promises and false identities along the sword coast. <laughs> so yeah, he conceals flexible morals and ready. I don't know, ready dagger behind with his winning smile. That's the one thing that I noticed, and, and I don't think this is in the rules anywhere, but it, they've written it up perfectly, that if he attacks a friendly creature, any hit is an autocrit. Ooh, I missed that. So mm. that's sort of an interesting, that would be an interesting rule to actually introduce, although yeah. that would cause a lot of chaos potentially at the table. It could. But... <laughs> called double cross i see that now hmm. so i thought that was interesting and i don't know if i, I think there is the, some of this somewhere that that his i think this might be on a cambion that his charisma boosts his ac oh cool yeah I, maybe there's people listening can you know i'm i'm still feel like i'm kind of a newbie at all this that maybe there's a maybe there's a player character option that does that as well yeah and here and for him it's called disarming charm Mm -hmm. so what's what's the thinking behind that like he's he's using his charisma so well that you're like questioning whether you should actually smash him you're half-hearted half-hearted at your attempt yeah okay okay i guess like don't hit the face don't hit the (laughs) face and so (laughs) just distract somebody and makes it hard to yeah all right and i think he's is he the one that has the poisoned Yes. Yeah, he has the poison heavy crossbow that they use as an example in the opening. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Next, Holga Kilgore? Kilgore. Yeah, that's how I was thinking it. Um, This was Rosario Dawson's character. 
clearly a barbarian. Yes. Yeah, very much so. There's nothing in there that really caught my attention other than that they gave her a a magic weapon. Mm -hmm. So she's got the, what is it, the dark steel great axe. Yes. And what's interesting to me about that is that it, it's not so much the damage it does that's different, it's, it, it protects her. Right. Yeah, it gives her resistance, right? Is that right? Am I reading that To correctly? lightning. Yeah, resistance to lightning while she carries it. So that, whenever they put something like that in, you, you got to think there's going to be a scene in the movie. It, it might not be pivotal to, pivotal to, <laughs> pivotal to the plot, use. Yeah, but it'll be something notable in the CGI or whatever that catches your attention, right. like a cool moment. Yes. I also noticed, and this is something that I remember from the trailer, she has a scene in the trailer where she she makes an attack and in the same move does like a an arm wrestle around, like a grapple around a foe's neck and throws him down. Oh. And I see that here as a bonus action. She has wrestle. Okay. Which Holga shoves a creature within five feet of herself. That creature must succeed in its uh, strength saving throw or be moved five feet into an unoccupied space of Holga's choice. That perfectly explains what I've seen. I'm, I'm just like, you know, you look at it and you're like, that is an awesome move. Mm-hmm. But then us D&D players who say, okay, how do you do that in a round on an attack? Right. You know, that, that there's too many actions happening there. Yeah. They give her the bonus action, wrestle. And they do. That is super cool. You know, what we haven't talked about is m- most of these, if not all, I'm kind of looking here, they're all CR5s. Yes. All CR5s. That we've looked at so far. Uh, no, not not Forge Fitzwilliam. The rogue is oh. higher. I think he's eight. He is. He's a CR8. Yeah. So if we're, try- if we're trying to assign, and I don't know, there, <laughs> there may be something in, in the Dungeon Master's Guide or a rule book someplace that makes the correlation, but... I've wondered that too. Pr- player level does not correlate to CR level. These are not level five characters. Right. You can look at the hit points and see they oh, are. Oh, yeah. I mean, she. Higher. So, Holga, as an example, has 120 hit points. Yeah. So, as a barbarian, that's got to be close to. That's 10th, 11th? It could be less than that, but it could be down to maybe 9th. Okay. Her con is, thir- is, is 16 with a plus three. 30, so, if it's 10 or 9, that's 30, 27 extra hit points. Yeah, so somewhere in that in that that range, though, you know, pretty experienced range, but they're not epic. I say I've got a level eight fighter that's got a hundred hit points. Okay, but he took I took the tough feat, so I got an extra two per round. Right. So, yeah, bump, bump up another level or two. So yeah, you're right. It might be level ten characters. Someone else has a has a significantly higher CR. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. person soon. So, our next is Simon Amar. Is that how you would say that? Omar or Amar, yeah. Okay. So, yes, half-elf sorcerer with wild magic. So You know that's going to come into play. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I'm sure... They, you know, they emphasize it so much in his backstory, it's got to be... <laughs> uh, I just think about the times that... Uh, isn't Rick's a wild, a wild yes, magic? Yes, Rick's is always rolling. He's so good at remembering to do that. Yeah, and I just think every time he rolls, I'm like, oh my gosh, this could just go awful. Yes. And so you know He's somewhere. hoping for it, too. I know. So you know he is. <laughs> potted plant, potted plant. Can I have a bonus on my wild magic roll? <laughs> so the one thing I noticed that has shown up in the trailer is that he has the shield spell, but they've augmented it to gr- to a group like protection. A yeah. And I know we've seen that where the 
I am assuming the bad guy mage is hurling like a firebolt or something, mm-hmm. and he puts a big or a fireball even. Yeah, puts the shield up, and it all of them are huddling behind it. Yes, which is cool. I do think that's super cool, and I hope that's something that we that we either see somewhere in the future or. How many of us are now going to almost instantly homebrew that spell? Right. You know, group group shield or something like that. Well, they've got to have a book coming out. I would imagine so. <laughs> I would imagine so. You know, we, we look that there is a, a novel that's a prequel. Yes. Now we have a movie. There's a comic book that mm-hmm. I, I looked for, but I couldn't find it. I, I'm sure there will be a... An adventure book or something. Oh, plushies, that's right. They've got the 20-sided die that open up into characters. I don't know if those are for the movie or not. But Buy them all, kids. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Buy it up. I know Simon had Magic Missile in Bigby's hand. So yes. I'm sure there'll be those will lend themselves well. Mm-hmm. I never thought of which spells would look cool versus just do something cool. Right. But these are ones that would look amazing. I'm sure the Magic Missile, you've got three simultaneous right projectiles hurling towards something and you know what I was looking for on this is in the most recent trailer maybe it was the international trailer he appeared to have some sort of a wand but maybe it was his focus I don't know he does have a focus yeah uh, that that it looked like he used but I don't see on this on maybe the stat block that he carries a maybe wand it's with a, him maybe it's a Something some loot that they find on the way, yeah, because they gotta they gotta include that too. Oh, in fact, yes, here in the picture, he's holding a staff. Okay, so not in the not in the uh, his description. Oh, I guess he does have a quarter staff, but it doesn't. I don't know. It it's, it's a really nice looking quarter yeah. staff. <laughs> some LEDs in it, glowing. Yeah, yeah. and that that bubble shield is called shielding or sheltering shield. Okay, really cool, really cool. All right. Want me to now, pronounce the next one? Yes, please. So I would assume it's Zenk Yandar, an X at the beginning of the word, like xylophone. Okay. I guess, but maybe it's Exenk or Henk. <laughs> but, yeah. but I doubt it. I didn't really, I couldn't really in the trailer, movie trailer, figure out if there's a main, I guess I thought uh, Chris Pine's character would be the main character. But did you say Zenk? Yeah. Zenk seems to be maybe the driving force of the group based on this description. You know what I th- what occurred to me with this? He's the one that's twice as powerful. He's a yes. CR10. Yeah. And when you read his backstory, he has history with the big bad. And yes. so I'm wondering if this is sort of like the NPC that the DM drops in to help the characters along. Mm. If that's what this this okay. is playing up. It's kind of cool. Zenk uh, ages more slowly than a normal human. Mm-hmm. And with this gift comes the burden of perspective, <laughs> which I'm sure elves and dwarves have no problem understanding yeah. or like, you think you carry a lot. <laughs> but did you notice I, I this? So you and I had talked this week. I was going to let you talk about this. And, uh, and he has a some sort of a crossover. Well, let me just read it. Because I love that this person, this this person, <laughs> that this individual is is named here. So it says his longevity has something to do with Zastams. That's how I say his name. I don't know. I, that's how I've always said it in my head. Zastams' nightmarish rise to power and Zenk's narrow escape from the Lich. Now Zastam is pretty 
thoroughly discussed in R.A. Salvatore's Legends of Dritz books. Okay. He might be in some others that I'm not, and I don't know that. If one of our listeners knows that, I'd love to hear where else Zaztam uh, shows up because he is one uh, powerful dude. Lich. <laughs> Better not call him a dude. Someone might be on my back. And so knowing him from the Dritz books and knowing that he has an interaction with one of these characters, that totally gets me uh, pumped up. And the fact that this paladin has a relationship with a lich, I think, makes it even more interesting. Not mm-hmm. relationship, but positive, but like some sort of an adversarial. The history. And, uh, and if Zastam doesn't show up in this movie, it makes me hope. It makes me hope that maybe there's another story that needs to be told on screen. Right. But we'll let that go there. But yeah, you mentioned that he's he's double, so he's a CR-10, mm-hmm. and he's got a pretty cool weapon. That's what I thought you were going to talk about, because you mentioned how cool you thought that was. Yeah. It's called the Dagger Sword. Mm-hmm. And so I remember seeing, I think it was in the original trailer that they launched, uh, that, that that Dagger Sword can become a missile. Yeah. Or not a missile, but the, the from the hilt, he can fire the blade of that sword. Mm-hmm. And then it magically reappears on the hilt. Yeah. But then it also has some other uh, characteristics that it can it can transform into a short sword or a dagger. Yeah. And there is a... And if you, if you use yeah. that aspect, then he can fire... It'll fire both a short sword and a dagger projectile at the same time. Yeah. So one big or too small. A lot of a lot of cool features and and like options for him to use for fighting. Mm-hmm. And they, the only other thing that I noticed was that they they changed the name of it, but basically he has lay on hands. Yeah, as well. Which I, I thought that was interesting. Pretty typical for a. Well, and and I guess when you think about their the composition of their party, they don't really have a healer. There's no cleric, mm-hmm. so they would definitely need him. Right. To fill that role. I guess the druid could do a little bit, but... Probably. I mean, tr- traditionally a druid could, yeah. whether... Uh, I don't think I saw anything in her stat block, though, so that I didn't. I don't remember seeing anything there either. So then we have one last baddie. Yes. Who appears to be probably the main villain of the story. Seems to be. Unless, like you said, there's we find out that there's somebody else pulling the strings, but... Right. Yes. Um, her name is Sofina. I hope I said that right. It doesn't look that difficult, but I always, <laughs> I always defer to you on pronunciations. But she is a red, oh, easy for me to say, a red wizard of Thay. Again, Thay and Zastam are kind of one and the same as far as like when you talk about one, you can't really talk about the other. Did I say that right? No. You talk about one, you can't... If you, you if you mention one, you have to mention the other. There yeah. it is. There yep. it is. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You'd think it was like middle of the night that we're recording this, and it's actually the opposite. Right in the middle of the day. Don't know what my Nap problem time. is. Nap time. <laughs> I'm going with it. There's a word in there that I've never heard of before. I'm going to try to show Dan. It's right there. Um, they invented it. Magocracy. Yeah. So just like a like an air, like an aristocracy, but would be rule of the aristocrats, monarchy, rule by one person, um, theocracy rule by priests, so magocracy, Hmm. government ruled by magic users. Oh, that makes sense. 
Okay, thank you for that clarification. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, I don't know that I know that word. <laughs> no, seen no, that one. no one does. They invented it. Um, boy, she's got a great charisma, though. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's magnificent. Those bald ladies. Yes, uh, eight. Charisma oh. is eight. Um, so, uh, but definitely uses her intelligence to cast spells because that's a 20. Yeah. But I think she's going to be, she's going to be a formidable foe based on some of the things that she can do. She does have the finger of death mm. and time stop, which could be cool to see. I think we might screen. have, get, and we might have seen that in a little the bit. first, I think the first trailer and yeah. I didn't pick up on it, but as I watched other people's reactions, they mentioned, Oh, that looks like time stop okay. or time slow anyway or something. Yeah. Right. And she can summon wraiths, which that's kind of exciting to know that we're going to see a wraith mm-hmm. uh, on the big screen. Frightening. I hope a little bit. Yeah. Maybe some pathos if she finger of death somebody and yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, that gets me pretty pumped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't. I usually don't like to, like, try to guess what's going to happen, but that was kind of fun to talk about those characters and the, and the possibilities, I suppose, mm-hmm. that we could see from them on the big screen. Well, what do you all think? Take a look at, Dun- at D&D Beyond. See, see these characters that we talked about. Is there something else you saw that we didn't cover? Let us know on, in, on social media. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or send us an email. We'd love to share your comments before the movie on Teachers in the Dungeon. So any final thoughts, Dan? No, no. Just looking for our Instagram contest. That's right. That's right. Jump over to that. We'd love to give this uh, prequel novel to one of our listeners. So do all the things that that post says, because I'm not going to try to repeat them now. <laughs> <laughs> Obey. So, all righty. Well, thank you all so much for joining us here in Teachers in the Dungeon. Until next time, keep rolling those 20s. See you, folks. That wraps up today's session. So thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.